Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Hey guys, it's Mark. And I'm Charity. And welcome to the Case Watch Podcast. Case Watch deals with content meant for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case Confirming the body found in Grand Teton National Park is Gabby Petito, and she was killed. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder. Late today, Chris Watts was officially charged with the murders of his wife and his two young girls. Remember these words. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Hi, this is Savannah Perkins from Roundup, Montana. As you may know, my birthday is coming up on Monday. Yes, I was born on June 13th. And no, I was not born on a Friday, sadly. So I hope everyone has a great day. And I don't know what else to say, but bye. Do you know what I have to say? She is adorable. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Savannah. I don't know what else to do. That was a that was a really good message. Thank you so much. And I hope your birthday is wonderful. So uh what's your plans for your birthday month? Yeah. You know, the entire month like charity does. That's right. She I better took, have a birthday. I month. took birthday two days this year and I felt odd. You just need to embrace it, Mark. I do. I had to take my inner birthday self. You do. You deserve it. Although I kind of am getting older, so the amount of birthdays I have ahead of me eh, it's are... It's a state of mind. No, but I have a lot less birthdays ahead of me now than I have behind me. So, like, mm. I got to start taking these ones a little more more important, you know? Not necessarily. Eh, yeah, probably. I don't live the utmost best lifestyle, as you know. Well, Mark, I did hear that your rollerblades came in. Yeah, did I tell you what happened? No, I didn't say that on this show, did I? No, you did not. We were waiting for them to come in still. <sighs> All right. So. Is this a good story? This is. Was it videoed by anyone? Hold on, ready? Let's, let's roll back in time. Last Saturday. It was a glorious sun shining day. Yes, it was. Not all blue. I like it when we have that, what do they call cumulus clouds, the big puffy ones. There's Correct. some white clouds or in the a little, air. Or a little overcast is sometimes nice too when it's hot. because it This is just... my dream, Charity. Oh, sorry. This I'm sorry. This is my dream. I'll just be quiet and listen. I like. I don't like overcast. I like nice blue skies with some puffy clouds. Puffy clouds. My Amazon box was delivered a day late, by the way. And I was slightly upset because I was going to you know, roll a blade all around the neighborhood. So I pulled them out of the box. They're really nice. Really, really beautiful rollerblades. They're actually rollerblade ones. Like, I didn't realize I bought good ones. The bearings on them are super fast. Like, I spun the wheels just like any guy does when they get, like, a skateboard or rollerblades. I'll, I'll rollerblade with you. They go. Nice and oiled up. Yep. 
mad fast, I thought. I was like, these are going to be great. All the old people in my neighborhood, because we live in like old foggy neighborhood. Everyone who comes here looks at me. It comes to my house is like, A, I have the worst house on the block. No, you don't. My yard is my, my yard is the one that I would kick people's butts for 10 years ago. So anyways, and I'm also the, like probably the youngest, me and Chris are the youngest couple on the block. So I was going to show all these old people how us youngins do it. Let's <laughs> say it a lot because I'm in my mid forties. <laughs> awesome. I sat down on my steps, put them on. Took me a while because they're like getting really tight. Oh yeah. You don't want to hurt your ankle. Nope. And my driveway has the slightest of downhill slope. It's barely non-existent. Uh-oh. But it's there. Mm-hmm. That plays an important part of the story. Oh, I can imagine. So, I'm sitting on the step, and then I use the little handheld, you know, the little thing there on the side so you don't fall to get myself up. I think that's called a railing. There we go. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Charity. I couldn't do this without you. I know. And now, keep in mind, I also have like six security cameras on the front of my house. Two on the door. Well, one on the door facing out, one facing the door, and then one facing covering do my driveway. Do they like record? They do. Can can we watch it? It's been deleted. Because oh. let's just say it was a less than stellar performance. <laughs> I haven't been on rollerblades in two decades. Mark, did you look like a baby giraffe trying to walk for the first time? Said a lot of four-letter words. A lot. Some of them I don't even know what they meant. But, so anyways, let me get back to the story. So the way me and Kristen park in our driveway, she pulls up further than I do on the left, and I kind of park back by the road on the right. So there's a you know, little teeny bit of room to get through. Right. Thank God. Because I ate shit right in the middle of the cars. Because no. I stood up, and I was like, I got this. This is nothing. This is like riding a freaking bicycle. I am the man. So I stood up realized that there was only a break on the back of the right one, not the left one tried to use the back of the left one to stop because I was like going, you know, maybe six tenths of a mile an hour and realized that was way too freaking fast for my fragile bones. Honestly, you're lucky you didn't like smack your head or something. Oh, that's that's minor, minor. (laughs) I smacked my ego, which is way worse. What did I tell you about these roll baits when you, when I first heard told me this was a bad idea. No. And what did it tell you? You can break your limbs. That's fine. Don't yep. do anything to your voice. True. Because I can still sit you in a chair if need be. Kristen also told me getting the rollerblades was a stupid idea. I, you know what? I give you props for trying, trying to exercise. Yeah. So. Mark thinks walking's boring, guys. It's super boring. You could listen to podcasts. That's I do that what when I I'm do. driving. Oh. So anyways, here I am, six tenths of a mile an hour. <laughs> I make it like three feet from the steps and then my knees start doing the whoop, 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 yes. whoop, 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 and I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Oh no! And then I go to put my left foot down onto the brake to try to stop and then realize there ain't no freaking brake there. So now I'm scared because now I'm going down the hill. What you should have done in retrospect is brought Kristen out with you in just her, her regular sneakers and have her stand in front of you. Okay. So that's what I should have done. Right. Here's what I did instead. Okay. <laughs> I now was looking back, trying to figure out why I have no brakes. And then I started freaking out. Mm, And then I started 
getting my feet were like shuffling. I'm picking my feet up and now my knees are going. Now my ankles like, that's like I'm not when, a I'm not a small guy. That's like when you're on ice and you like yes. you, you stop moving instead of just like stopping and you make it worse. Yep. So making it worse. Now I decided to try to reach down because I was going to try to stop myself with my hands. Oh, no. And then completely upset the space time continuum. <laughs> lost my balance. Oh no! And I went backwards. Oh, my God. And ate shit on my driveway. And then immediately following, I heard Kristen die laughing in the living room because she was watching on the security camera. I, of course, she. I, I'm bummed out she didn't video it. She didn't come out to help me. Well, she was watching the show. She was laughing. And I heard her laughing. <laughs> and her air conditioner's on. The windows are not open. <laughs> she cackled so loud, which just made things worse. Did you, st- did you take them off and stomp inside? I took them off and launched them back up the driveway. Oh, no. You may have saw them in the corner of the porch when you came in today. And that's where they shall sit until I get a walker or a walker or head protection and elbow and knee pads. You need a helmet, knee pads, elbow pads. Absolutely. You need to protect yourself, Mark. It was a bad day, guys. You know what? But you can work towards it. And I think that you could have a good day. All right, so this goes back to the last week's episode where I told you guys about the advice I gave my daughter where you're probably just going to fail anyway, so don't try. Guys, if you are in your mid-40s and you decide, I haven't been on rollerblades for two decades, it's a bad idea. No matter how many times when your girlfriend tells you to not do it because you're too old, just listen to her. No matter how much you want to prove her wrong, because in my head... That whole time, because I knew she was going to be watching on that camera, because I know that's the kind of maniacal person she is. She is, guys, she is the, he is being such a brat. He's being so dramatic. Kristen is the nicest. I almost died. I almost died, It's a little bit of an exaggeration, Mark. Nope, nope, Guys, I'm going to tell you something. Mark can sometimes be a little bit of a diva. I don't know what you're speaking about. I, just, I almost died in my driveway. I'm sorry to say this, but he does sometimes exaggerate about such things. He looks fine to me. I don't see any wounds on him. You can't see my pride, Charity. I do believe that maybe your pride was bruised, perhaps, but it, it's not gone. So I came inside, tried to not make eye contact, <laughs> and my whole plan was to get down the hallway to get to my office. <laughs> and then she yells, so, oh no! Think those rollerblades are a great idea now? And I was like, "Shut up!" She's like, "Do you still have the box? Maybe we want to just ship them back because you know you're never wearing them again." <gasps> and I'm like, "I'm gonna wear them again." She's like, "I know you way too well. You're never gonna you're gonna sit them in the porch. And they're gonna be your new thing of the week that you already gave up on." No, you need to wear them. You need to do it again. They really hurt my feet. Well, you only had them on for a short time. You're doing them again. They were. They hurt. I'm going to come over with my. Will you hold my hands and walk me down the I driveway? Will. I'll do that for you. If I do it, guys, we'll have to take a video and post yes, it. Yes, absolutely. That I will, will totally. only be in the private yes. Facebook group if I do it. Yep. So you have to go to face. You have to go to Facebook. Search for Case Watch Crime Creeps. It's our private group. Yep. Maybe I will do the video in there at some point. Yep. And you get a little bit of the pride back, and then I'll put mine on, and we can. Charity will be out there like a freaking ballerina. <laughs> Rolling around the driveway. Doo, 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 doo. I'm a dancing queen. <laughs> Speaking of that. Yeah. Movie of the week. Cutting edge. Toe pick. Toe pick 
That's a good movie. Love that movie. That's a really good movie. What a good diva turned love story. Yep. Guys, tell us your favorite love stories. Yeah. Mark I want to hear them. Mark loves the love stories. I do. I don't. I, I. That's my favorite is romantic comedies and dramas. I'm still searching for a horrific horror movie to see that won't, won't scare me. Oh. Text and voicemail line, guys, is 603-212-4600. Or for the old fogies out there, just like myself, info at casewatchpodcast.com. Dot com. So I say we got a long episode, and I've already talked for... I, I, I dramatically talked about my incident for 12 minutes here. Yeah, it was very dramatic, guys. You should have seen his face. He it was, was a life-altering I, moment for me, Charity. I, you know what, Mark? I can see that now. I can absolutely see that. I'm going to shut my microphone off now and let you take it away. All right, so we're going on to part two now. So let's do a quick little recap, shall we? Everyone loves the recappers. Last episode, we met Beverly Allett. I specifically didn't give her a nickname, as many of you may not have heard of her. Beverly was one of four children that came from a what appeared to be nice, loving, working-class family living in a nice area. She craved attention from a very young age and would go above and beyond to get it. She would fake injuries and illnesses all through her school years. She was an outcast in school and had no friends. She made it known that it was her dream to become a nurse. She finished high school, went to college for a year, and began her study to become a nurse at a care home. Her odd behavior escalated while she was there. She was able to pass her exam and become a nurse. Oh yeah, I forgot. She also had a fiancé for a short time that she was abusive to. When we left off... And didn't give him any of the honey, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, he didn't get any honey from her. When we left off, she interviewed at Grantham Hospital. She showed up looking yucky and dirty and was ill-prepared. Ultimately, it was her horrible attendance while at the care home that lost the job for her. Let's pick up from here and see what happens next. Ah, oh, dagnammit. I haven't heard that one forever. I like that. That's a good one. So I, I am going to give an exclaimer. Children are involved. Is an exclaimer like a disclaimer, but just a little different? A disclaimer. Okay. Is that what I'm supposed to say? Yeah. Mark, you need to help me because I know I mess my words up all I the time. I like exclaimer though. Guys, I'm going to give you an <laughs> exclaimer here on this episode. Charity's ready to throw the microphone at me. Can we take that out? No, that's so. That's way too good to take oh, out. That's like such a good one. All right. Anyways. Charity, go ahead and talk into the microphone now and exclaim to the people that this involves I'm children. I'm going to exclaim to the people. I never knew I messed words up so bad until this podcast. I love it though. Beverly didn't seem devastated over not getting her dream job, but she knew she needed to work because she needed an income. She could no longer work full-time at the care home because another student had taken her spot. They were like, thank God. Right? The home did agree, though, to give her a few evening shifts of part-time work. I'm thinking they might have felt bad for her, not knowing what else to do for her now and needing money. She took the part-time hours. Because Beverly had finished the program through the care home and only worked part-time hours... She was no longer allowed to live there. She now needed to find a place to live. A quote-unquote so-called friend offered to let the nurse move in with her. I bet this was most likely an acquaintance that somehow felt bad for her because it, it looked like she was kind of good at making people feel bad for her. So, she made a life out of it. So this person was like, you know what? You can stay with me until you get on your feet type of thing. You know? At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, 
and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Um, so the friend would soon find out, though, this was not a good idea, Mark, at all. Beverly's oddness. Does her microwave get full of poo? Oh, just wait. <laughs> Beverly's oddness. And this is, she doesn't have a good oddness. Lots of oddnesses are good. This is not a good oddness. Your oddnesses are good when you make that buck teeth thing with your eyes crossed. Or you come in and you, you do the, uh, the, the floss. flossing dance Guys, that you I, do. I, I don't even think. I floss every Everywhere's. time before we record. <laughs> Floss. I don't know why. You did something different earlier because a certain word came out oh. and I made fun of you. And then you did a different kind of dance before today's episode. And my girlfriend just looked at you and was just like, God, I love you. Oh, God. Okay, sorry. Let me compose myself. Beverly's oddness would be quickly noticed and strange things would happen while she was living there. The worst occurrence happened one day when Beverly's friend returned home after a day of work. She went about her business, as she always did, until she made a gruesome discovery. Mark... This is a, an exclaimer for you. Okay. She found her kitten dead with its, ah! skull, with its skull caved in. No. Why? She immediately suspected Beverly had done this horrible act or at least knew how it happened, but didn't question her and let her continue to live with her. I would have questioned. Here's my I thing. would have questions. Hear me out here. Lots of them. I wonder if she was scared. Maybe if she kicked Beverly out, then her skull would be next. <laughs> probably right? right that's i'm kind of thinking that because sometimes it's like <sighs> i don't know beverly the biatch oh I'm my now. god i love that it's beverly the biatch that's right Mm-hmm. you know you could tell me all these stories about often people as soon as you say kitten i know actually that that brings up a funny story how many times do you see something on facebook and they're talking about a new story and somebody does something terrible to an animal yep and the mob comes out mob like worse than this person killed their parents. They'll be right. like, oh, he's bad. Right. This person left their dog outside and didn't feed him for three days. That's it. Throw the Kill him. Throw Get the him book. now. Yep. Soon, Beverly would be surprised by a call from Grantham Hospital. Apparently, they were extremely understaffed. And although they didn't really want to hire this weirdo, they really had no choice. So they were short-staffed. She had interviewed. She did not present well. She was dirty. Her attendance was bad, but she has a nursing degree and yep. they needed nurses. They needed someone trained and able to work immediately. The ward that most was most unstaffed was Ward 4. It's hard for me to say war, ward. <laughs> I have words like that too. Yeah. This was an area of the hospital designated for young children and babies. Oh, no. The hospital made it clear that this was a contract job for only six months. This way, if she had bad attendance... They would just not renew her contract. There you go. Pretty smart. Beverly started out well by all accounts. She worked her full-time day shifts at the hospital and still worked her part-time shifts at the care home. She was absolutely exhausted, but she was living her dream, right? Right. Only two weeks into her new job as a real nurse working in the pediatric department, some things started to happen. Beverly went to the supervising nurse and told her that she couldn't find the key to the locked area where the insulin was kept. It was missing. 
The same week, Beverly reported the key missing. A baby only seven weeks old named Liam Taylor was brought into the hospital with a chest infection and needed treatment. Guess who little Liam's nurse was? Beverly the bitch. Beverly the bitch. After receiving treatments at the hospital, Liam seemed like he was doing much better. He was sound asleep and breathing great, so his parents thought it would be okay if they went home and took a quick shower and then returned to the hospital to be with their new baby boy. So think about it. Your baby's at the hospital, the safest place your baby can be. You would think. With surrounded 100% doctor care, nurses care. You, of course, are going to feel comfortable enough to go home and take a shower. Yeah. After being probably up all night, exhausted, and worried about your baby. The second they got home, they received a call from the hospital telling them Liam had suddenly taken a turn, and it wasn't good. They rushed back to the hospital as quickly as they could and found their baby pale and lethargic. Oh, no. Luckily, after a short time, Liam miraculously seemed much better again, acting normal. Liam's parents left the room to speak with the doctors about what may have happened while Beverly was left in the room to care for the baby. Just minutes into speaking with the doctors, Beverly pulled the alarm saying she believed the infant was in cardiac arrest. Liam survived this scary incident again and seemed fine. The doctors couldn't give Liam's parents any answers as to why these events were happening. Just two days after the cardiac episode, Liam suffered another. Oh, boy. This time it was so severe that the little baby suffered brain damage, having to be on life support. His parents were forced to decide something no parent ever should ever have to decide. And oh, my God. To take their baby off of life support. So little Liam died. I couldn't even imagine. The little guy died the same day. The autopsy reported he died of a heart attack. Dying of a heart attack is very rare in babies, but no one questioned it. It was just believed that little Liam suffered an illness that couldn't be explained. Two weeks after Liam's untimely death, another boy was brought into the hospital. Tim Hardwick was the name of this 11-year-old boy, and he had a good amount of health conditions. He did have cere cerebral palsy and was born almost completely blind. He also suffered from epilepsy, and this was ultimately the reason he was brought in to the hospital. He had suffered a severe episode that left him needing medical attention. At the hospital, Tim was stable and doing well the last time his parents saw him. They must have had to leave the hospital for a bit, not sure if they might have had other children at home, but they were told by the nurses that he was sound asleep doing just fine. This was until Beverly went in alone to check on the boy. She quickly stuck her head out of Tim's room, frantically alerting the other nurses he was in cardiac arrest. It took just 30 minutes for Tim to pass away. Oh my God. This lady is evil. Evil. The autopsy revealed small bleeds in the 11-year-old boy's lungs. The doctors concluded that this was likely a side effect from the severe epileptic episode he had earlier suffered from. And again, no one questioned his death to be suspicious. Unbelievable. This biatch is seemingly getting away with murdering children and no one is questioning a damn thing. Thinking about it, who would ever think anyone would intentionally kill children Especially someone trained to keep them safe. Right? I, I agree. Like you, you, your mind would not go there. No, it wouldn't. It'd be one of the last things. Three days after Tim's passing, one-year-old Kaylee Desmond was brought in with a chest infection, much like the first victim. Kaylee was responding wonderfully to the treatments and was doing so well she was set to go home. Until, you guessed it, Beverly went in to check on the baby and quickly alerted another nurse that Kaylee had turned a strange color. The doctors and nurses quickly jumped to action, realizing the baby wasn't breathing and began CPR. They were able to bring her back to life and stabilize her. 
doctors decided Kaylee needed specialty care at a nearby hospital that could provide it for her. Being the sweet, loving nurse that she was, Beverly offered to escort Kaylee in the ambulance, you know, to make sure she got there okay. Luckily, the doctors didn't allow this to happen. Thank God. Right? Like, was she going to... Was she trying to offer? She's like, I got to I gotta get this one. I don't know. Unbelievable. They were shocked that this was the third child in a row this has happened to. And no one knew why. Still, no one reported anything. After all, that's quite an accusation. It really is. You want to make sure you get your ducks in a row before you go around saying something like that. But in my head, somebody there should be smart enough to say, she just reported all this insulin missing. And now all these babies are dying. I agree. But thinking of the situation, them being so short-staffed as they were. And nothing's happened like this here before right. we hired her. That part's true, and I totally agree with that. But now this is three, right? So we're yep. on the third one. So eventually, well, you'll see as I read forward. Okay. If someone, I said the same thing, right, about the whole accusation thing. But like, if someone even anonymously said something to a higher-up, Something could have been done. Yeah. You know, like, hey, let's, this is weird. She's been the the care nurse for these three. Let's just kind of look into it. Yeah, let's just check out some stuff. Right? Because I'm sure, unfortunately, they do, they did lose children from sicknesses. But this is just like, all of a sudden, they're fine and then they're not. Right. I would question that. If I, I was would, the parents, I would have questions. If I was the parents, I would have questioned. I would have been like, no, 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 no. Upon examination at the other hospital, a puncture mark was found under Kaylee's armpit, a very strange place for a needle to be inserted. It was just assumed that the baby must have been moving around during a shot and got pricked accidentally. Again, no one thought this was of any importance and no one called Grantham Hospital to ask any questions. I don't know. I'm not a nurse. I'd have questions. We have creeps that are nurses. I don't know if you worked in the pediatric department. Does that happen sometimes? A baby's thrashing around and they get a prick? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, where are they going to shoot you up where they're going to accidentally hit you in the armpit? And I would I would assume, you know, there's a protocol on how, how to hold baby down. Most and, babies usually get shots in their legs. Or their bums. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't armpit? Know. I, that's, that's what they said. Looks like good old Beverly has the perfect storm going on. The next unlucky visitor to Grantham Hospital was five-month-old Paul Crampton. This was on May 20th, 1991. Paul was suffering from a bronchial infection and when arrived and was admitted. Just like all the other victims, after being in the hospital for a bit, being treated, he recovered and was ready to head home. That very night before he was due to go home, Beverly checked on the baby alone and reported his skin color looking gray. She told other nurses that she believed Paul was having a hypo. I had to look up what that meant. Do you know what that means? No, I don't. It's hypo a, means something that's accelerated. but Yes, it simply means a low blood sugar level or hypoglycemia. Okay. Doctors successfully stabilized Paul and proceeded to run a battery of tests, realizing his blood sugar was perfectly fine, which is strange, right? Mm-hmm. Once again, a mystery occurrence. He was totally normal when doctors left the room. The baby was peacefully sleeping. The very next day, Paul's skin was reported gray again, and he became very ill. Doctors quickly responded and decided Paul needed to be transferred to the other hospital for specialty care. After being at the hospital for only a few days, that other hospital, Paul rapidly improved and it was decided he could be transferred back to Grantham Hospital. Yep. Once back at Grantham, Paul became very ill again, almost immediately. Doctors rushed to save the baby, resuscitating again, him again, saving his life. It was decided Paul needed to go back to the specialty hospital. Thank God. 
Beverly, of course, being so concerned for the baby offered to, to be her. by his side on the ambulance ride. What did you see pictures of her? She probably just did this to make it look like she had no idea what this poor boy was going through. Right? So she's coming through as the the saving grace. This nurse cares so much. That right. She, you know? Which is what she wants. The attention. The next day after baby Paul's transfer to the specialty hospital, Beverly had an incident with yet another patient. Oh, my God. This was five-year-old Bradley Gibson. Beverly called for a nurse because Bradley had lost consciousness. Just, you know, rando. I'm unconscious. He's here for a well baby check, and now he's unconscious. After running some tests, doctors found high levels of potassium in the little boy's blood. Doctors thought Bradley may have accidentally been given the wrong medicine. Bradley was able to make it through and was transferred to the specialty hospital like the others. Luckily, he made a full recovery and was able to be released back to his parents' care. Later, Bradley's parents would say that when he returned home from this ordeal in the hospital, he had a fear of hospital, hospitals and nurses. Right. This little boy was said to draw pictures of himself in a hospital bed with a nurse hovering over him. He was petrified. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine. What does that tell you, right? Yeah, right. Very interesting. March 28, 1991, a two-year-old named Yik Hung Chen was rushed to Grantham Hospital with a fractured skull. The toddler needed a non-invasive surgery. The surgery went well, and Yik was recovering so well he was set to go home. Just like clockwork, Beverly checked in the, on the baby, and the baby wasn't breathing, and his skin was blue. Doctors performed CPR and saved Yik's life. Now having so many strange medical occurrences and still being short-staffed, doctors thought it to be in the two-year-old's best interest to be transferred to a different hospital. Yik was one lucky toddler. So thank God they were short-staffed. Because right. I think there would have been a lot of more deaths if they weren't. Oh, yeah. Like if they were just fully staffed and overwhelmed with babies and, and children, thank God they sent them off. Unbelievable. This, uh, I can't even with this next bit. Next in line is a two-month-old named Becky Phillips. Little Becky was brought to the hospital by her parents because after one of her feedings, she began to throw up uncontrollably. Becky was taken care of by doctors and was stable. It does sound like the hospital did have really good doctors. It was shocking when Beverly called out that the infant was unresponsive, and cold, and clammy. So these doctors, for the most part, were able to get these kids back to life. I mean, it sounds like it was a good hospital before mm, she went, right? which is why she wanted, it was her, her dream job, right? This is like a continuous loop, though. I can't believe not one person was finding her actions coincidental. Like, Yeah, it's odd to me. It's odd. The doctors thought the baby must have had an underlying health issue that was causing this. When doctors rushed in to check on Becky, miraculously, she seemed fine. They watched her for a bit and then released her into her parents' care. The same night Becky was brought home, her parents made a call to emergency services. They reported their infant's eyes rolling back in her head. Doctors were able to calm the frightened parents down, assuring them that their daughter was likely suffering from colic. I, I don't think colic, does colic make your eyes roll back in your head? Not that I knew of. I don't know. Becky had calmed down and seemed back to normal falling asleep. Her parents watched her sleep until they were sure she was okay and went to bed themselves exhausted over the ordeal of the past few days. In the morning, Becky was found unconscious by her parents and rushed back to Grantham Hospital, where she was pronounced dead upon arrival. Oh, my God. Since a reason could not be identified, Becky's death was labeled as a SIDS. 
sudden infant death syndrome. Poor little thing had just started her life. If this story couldn't get any more horrific with all of these children dying by the hands of an evil messed up person, it does. Oh my God, Charity. So Becky had a twin sister named Katie. The family was so upset about Becky's death, they couldn't bear losing their other infant. They discussed this with the doctors, and it was decided that Katie should be admitted to Grantham for testing and evaluation. <sighs> they thought if she suddenly died, they didn't want her twin sister to suddenly die, right? Well, she's got now. Just to make sure there was nothing medical, medical going on that they may have missed, Katie was hooked up to a sleep apnea machine to monitor every moment of her breathing. Her parents, seeing their baby peacefully sleep and safe in the hospital, decided it would be okay to go home for a bit to plan Becky's funeral. So think about that. They have to plan an infant's I can't even imagine. Horrible. Unfortunately, Beverly was the nurse in charge of Katie. And guess what happened? You guessed it. Beverly called for help reporting that the two-month-old was completely blue. She was revived, thank goodness. It was now the end of Beverly's shift, and the night nurse, Jean Seville, arrived and was briefed by doctors on what happened with Katie and was asked to sit with the infant and monitor her all night. Like They wanted this nurse by her bedside because they didn't want to risk something like this happening. Beverly stuck around and wouldn't stop bugging Jean, constantly asking her if she needed a break. Jean finally became so annoyed, she firmly told Beverly that she didn't need her help and to leave the room. So she was like, listen. Get the F out of here. I got this. You already had your shift. This is my shift. Why are you trying to get me to leave? Like she thought that was weird. Yeah. I do, too. The next morning, Katie's parents returned, and they each took turns sitting with their baby for 24 full hours until they were sure she was okay. The next morning came, and everyone was relieved to see that the baby was still doing just fine. Katie's parents left the room for a quick minute to speak with the doctors. Beverly saw her chance and went into Katie's room. Seconds later, the sick woman began yelling, saying Katie's body was bright red and she was having trouble breathing. Katie's parents and her doctors rushed in to see what was going on. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The infant was screaming in pain, took a deep breath in and stopped breathing altogether. Doctors worked their magic once again and were able to start Katie's heart, but the damage was done and she suffered more than one seizure. Katie was rushed to a different hospital and a battery of tests were done, including x-rays. Unfortunately, the tests proved that Katie was left with brain damage. Oh, no. 
The x-rays were not looked at until later, and if they had been, the doctors would have seen that the infant had likely been squeezed so hard her ribs had been crushed. Yeah. Unbelievable. Sorry about that lip snap, but, you know, this is irritating. Oh, thanks, Mark. Did it yeah. Again. Doctors at Grantham Hospital were racking their brains trying to figure out wh- what was suddenly, why, or, or why, sorry, there was suddenly an influx of deaths in odd episodes in their pediatric patients. Remember Jean Seville, the nurse that sat in Katie's room all night? Yep. The one that told Beverly to get lost? She actually mentioned to upper staff and management that she was concerned that all these episodes had happened within three months. If anyone had really investigated this, they would have seen that this was the exact time frame Beverly had been working there. On to yet another victim. Unbelievable. April 7th, a seven-year-old boy named Michael Davidson was brought to the hospital with a BB gun pellet lodged in his chest. Doctors removed the pellet and Michael was recovering very well. He was admitted to the hospital so he could receive antibiotics to keep his wound from getting infected. April 9th, Beverly was told to get his antibiotics ready, but instead of putting antibiotics in a syringe, she filled it with potassium. Unbelievable. I know. This was a lethal dose. And thank God Michael's body rejected the potassium, but did put him into cardiac arrest. Michael was one of the lucky ones who survived. The next victims to be almost murdered were Chris Peasgood and Christopher King. They were admitted the same time and were doing well until Beverly followed her protocol. Luckily, they were both resuscitated and moved to another hospital. Around this time, doctors had attended a seminar on Munchausen's syndrome. What was described sounded exactly what was happening in their hospital. The speaker talked about how an unexpected respiratory incident can be a sign. When Jean Seville heard this, she went directly to her higher ups and told them Beverly was with the children during every incident. You go, Jean. Take that bitch down. Right. Ever since that night, Jean was probably like, I don't like her. I I think it was before. I think she had something in her head. Rubbed her the wrong way. Or just get a feeling about her. Remember five-month-old Paul Crampton? He was sent to a different hospital and was doing great. Well, his parents were pissed and wanted answers. Why was their son doing so well in this other hospital? They wanted to know exactly what happened at Grantham to make them almost lose their son. A test was done on Paul, and it showed that he had 30 times the number of insulins in his blood after his incident. 30 times. That's unbelievable. With these findings, Grantham asked if they could perform an autopsy on Becky Phillips, one of the, you know, the twin that died. Still, nothing was fully lining up, so Beverly was able to keep going. Patrick Elstone was admitted to the hospital on April 18th. In pain, suffering from gastroenteritis, Beverly followed her routine and Patrick had to be resuscitated. He was sent to another hospital. I'm thinking by now the doctors knew when this was happening they needed to transfer these children out of the hospital. They, what they are they with these other hospitals? Why aren't they saying like, hey, listen, why, this is odd. Why are you having so many? Or they just thought yeah. they had a, a influx of sicknesses. I don't know. Somebody had to thought of something. You would think. Claire Peck was Beverly's last victim. Claire had to be brought back a total of three times. All occasions happened while Beverly was in her room alone. The final time, she was unable to be saved. Tests revealed that Claire had extreme levels of potassium in her blood. This was the last straw, and doctors finally called the police and informed them of the suspicious, that they were suspicious towards Beverly. Finally, like how, why, why did it take so darn long? I'm awestruck right now. It's crazy. It really is. Seriously. 
Police were told about Beverly being the person that originally alerted staff of the missing key where the drugs had been kept and how all incidents happened on Beverly's shifts. They also interviewed all staff members and they all said Beverly's name. All of them. I still don't understand if everyone, if everyone suspected her, why was Jean the only one that went to speak up? So I did read that Jean, because of this whole ordeal and what they went through, she ended up taking her own life because oh of it. Oh my God. Because she was just so upset over the, that she couldn't save the baby's lives or didn't see it this sooner. Is or heartbreaking. Or like she tried, she tried, but couldn't, right? Yeah. On May 21st, 1991, Beverly was arrested for stealing the insulin and for attempting to murder Paul Crampton. She, of course, denied it all. Of course she did. Unfortunately, the police didn't have enough evidence to keep this sick woman and off she went. The hospital obviously fired Beverly due to the investigation. And plus she was at that six month thing. You know what I mean? I mean, if you're being investigated for murders, you're not working. Sorry. I just still have a hard time to believe that all of this happened in only six months. Less than six months. I know. That's crazy. So Beverly was, you know, out of work and took it upon herself to go stop by, you know, the twins, Phillip's home. Oh my God, no. Yeah, you know, because Becky, you know, Becky died and Katie was left brain damaged. So the Phillips in no way thought that Beverly could have done what she was accused of. So they were happy to see a friendly nurse's face. Beverly probably said she was stopping by to check on Katie. And while she was visiting, she asked if she could take Katie for a walk in her carriage. Don't do it. Beverly and Katie were back in only a five, in five minutes, and Katie looked horribly sick. She was rushed to the hospital and was able to be saved. The Phillips explained what happened, and the police were told. Not able to have access to others to hurt, Beverly started faking illnesses and ailments, just like when she was a kid. So she couldn't stop herself for five minutes. No. You're actually going to physically go to the home of a baby that you already almost killed. You killed her sister. Ugh, it's this just, is sickening. It's horrible. Sickening is what it is. It's unbelievable. The police arrested her again on September 3rd, this time for the murder of Becky Phillips. They questioned her for eight hours and got nowhere. So she was released. So they get a little bit of evidence, enough to like arrest her and bring her in, but they don't quite have enough to be able to hold her substantially. Sad. Yeah, it is. Still gathering more and more evidence, the police were determined to get her for the murders and attempted murders. They had collected enough evidence to get a search warrant and were able to search Beverly's home. Here is what they found inside. I'm afraid now. A hospital pillow. You know, everyone has one of those in their home. A needle and a book. In this book, Beverly had written the names of every one of her victims. They also found parts of a missing nurse's log. The police dug into Beverly's past and discovered she likely had a severe personality disorder. So she tried to rip a page out of the book where they write the date and how much they took and this and that. Cause she knew that they could find her that way. Unbelievable. She showed symptoms of both Munchausen's syndrome and Munchausen's syndrome by proxy. A doctor was brought in to evaluate each child's death and incident. He had no relation to anyone involved. This doctor found that each incident was due to foul play. So this was doctor was brought in to evaluate. He had no, affiliation with any of those two hospitals he wasn't even from the area he didn't even know what was going on he was just brought in to read the evidence and that that was his findings with all the evidence against her police could finally arrest her and charge her with four counts of murder and nine counts of attempted murder this was on november 20th 1991 
Her trial was delayed due to her mental illness. So uh, it was said that she like started to lose a ton of weight and became anorexic and just was really mentally ill. So they had to postpone the trial. So it didn't begin until February 15th of 1993 at Nottingham Crown Court. I love that. Nottingham Crown Court. Nottingham. It just sounds so fancy. The evidence was overwhelming. A pediatrics expert was brought in. Professor Roy Meadow explained Munchausen's syndrome and Munchausen's by proxy in great detail to the jury. He explained that in his opinion, Beverly would never be cured as she suffered from these illnesses since she was since a very young age. The professor told the jury he thought that she would forever be a danger to anyone she encountered. So he couldn't see any way that she was going to change. She this was her protocol. She'd been doing it since she was a little kid. It's all she knew. Right. Oh, the sad part is like after she got fired, when she went back to that house, it's like she cannot help herself. She just can't help herself. Right. That was that was great evidence. So the trial lasted about two months and they heard from every single victim and every single family member of every victim. And there was, apparently was obviously a ton of emotion in the courtroom. I'd want to jump that desk mm-hmm. and just take her out. Well, it would have been hard because Beverly was only seen in court 16 times due to her illness. Unbelievable. I don't know if this was an attempt by the defense to show she only committed these murders because of her mental illnesses and to hopefully get some leniency, right? Could have been a tactic. Oh, she's too mentally sick to even be in court. Right. right, So here's my problem. And this is going to make some people mad or rub people the wrong way because I do take mental illness very seriously. Very seriously. But she also covers her tracks. She covers her trails. So... Honestly, there's a little more going on here than just that. I think you're just an evil bitch. Oh, like, definitely. At the end of the day. Definitely. Unbelievable. An, an attention-getting evil bitch. I want to be the one to find him. I want to be the nurse that was there when he passed away. From like, the beginning. Yep. Unbelievable. Yeah. So mental illness does play a part of this, but when you're that maniacal. Yes. And you can hide things as good as she did. Exactly. There's more to it. There was there was so much intent. Yeah. And so much thought. She thought to say the key was missing. Yep. She thought to rip the page out of that book. She thought to wait till they were out of the room. She she yeah. researched and found out what to shoot into these. Exactly. Right. These you kids. you nailed the nail on the head when you said that the whole key thing. Yeah. Like that is the biggest amount of intent. Right. Because then it could have been anyone, Mark. Yeah. Could have been anyone on that floor. Guys, this key came up missing. Don't know. Might be a bunch of potassium missing and mm-hmm. insulin. Oh, and look, someone ripped this. The 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 log's gone. That shows how much is available. Yeah, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Regardless, on May twenty third, nineteen ninety three, Beverly was sentenced to thirteen consecutive life sentences. Not enough, in my opinion. This was the most severe sentence given to a woman in England up to that point. But Mister Justice Latham 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 thought it was necessary due to the pain and suffering the victims and families had to endure. Instead of going to prison, Beverly was incarcerated. Did I do that good? You did it good. I'm proud of you. At Rampton Secure Hospital in Nottingham. I do have to say every time I type it in, it gets underlined and I have to hit the thing. Certain words do that with me too. Yeah. This was a mental hospital that housed many of the criminally insane. While there... Beverly continued with her antics for attention. She ingested glass and even poured boiling water over her hand. Like, come on, enough's enough. 
They get it. Unbelievable. We get it. We get it. Like, just stop it. You know what I mean? Of course, she hurt herself for attention, Mark, but she didn't hurt herself enough to kill herself. Right. Because that that would be too much, right? I hope she meets another Munchausen by proxy person in here, and then they start operating on her. Right. She eventually admitted to murdering three children and attempting to murder six. Because of her horrific crimes against children, it was made known that Beverly would never have an opportunity to be paroled. So that part's good. Right. Right. So many people were affected by Beverly's actions. Grantham's, Grantham Hospital shut down their maternity ward all together. Wow. They like, didn't want any babies in the hospital. That's how much PTSD they had. Right. Think about it. Can you imagine? They bear some responsibility because, come on now. Well, listen. That's you're what, either stupid or you're a liar if you can't say that there's something that you could not figure out there. Well, I mean, just poor Jean, right? The fact yeah. that she took her own life because of this. Can you imagine the doctors and nurses now knowing that these deaths and all these incidents should never have happened? We're all preventable. But they did right under their noses. Right under their noses. It makes me mad because they should have been able to put the math together. Yeah, it, these are charity. These are not Tom, Dick, and Harry no. from down the road. These are doctors. They're yeah. nurses. They're people that are supposed to be the, of the most intelligence. So here's here's a couple things to me. All these incidents happened with the same nurse. Okay, any other profession, you're you're a cashier. Your draw is short, only on your shift, right? Yep. You get pulled aside. You get evaluated. You have somebody watch you. You might have a uh, you know. You might your responsibilities might be lessened, right? Until you prove that you can do yeah. your job correctly. None of this happened. Every single they child all have was the same mo, except for the same. one that was squeezed. Yes, but that one that was squeezed had already got given that shot before. They all had the same mo. They all turned a weird color, were having trouble breathing, went into cardiac arrest. It was the same thing every single time. I don't. Is I it don't, easier just for them to close their eyes and lie about it? I honestly, I think the doctors felt really bad, but I just don't understand. And poor Jean tried more than once. Yeah, she really she did to the point tried. where she she is now no longer with us either because of it. Because it's of unbelievable. it. It's just so sad. It's senseless. It's sad. This is the worst of the worst to me. Oh, absolutely. Because you are, you put, it's, it's similar to, you know, people putting themselves in a position and working with children where they can easily molest them or yeah. abuse them, right? This is just the same. You specifically became a nurse just so you could harm these babies and children. It's very sickening to me. It's so sickening. It's horrible. I, I just, this was, this case was really, I, I, I don't know how the parents didn't lose their crap in the courtroom because I would have any other, I mean, seeing that person sitting there who did that to your child purposely wanted to end that child's life and have no remorse. No, nothing, nothing. It's absolutely sickening to me. So let's end this episode with the victims so that they will never be forgotten. Okay. So Liam Taylor was murdered. Tim Hardwick was murdered. Kaylee Desmond attempted murder. Paul Crampton attempted murder. Bradley Gibson attempted murder. Yakung Chan attempted murder. Becky Phillips murdered. Katie Phillips attempted murder more than once. Michael Davidson attempted murder. Chris Peasgood attempted murder. Christopher King attempted murder. And Claire Peck 
murdered. Absolutely sickening. And poor Jean. We've got to add her to the list, too. Oh, yeah. That Jean played Seville. a huge role in her life. Yep. So sad. Charity, I don't know what to say after that case. It was a great one. I have not heard of it. Thank you for bringing it to all of our attention. Guys, let us know what you think. Give us some uh, feedback on this one. Facebook and Instagram, Case Watch Podcast. Twitter, Case Watch Pod. I'm, I'm really serious to think, well, you know, this one has got me all queasy over here. So, just feeling not good. So they called her the angel of death. We did do, remember the male nurse we yes. covered a while back, and they, he was also nicknamed the angel of death. He was with the elderly people, though. Yep. Just as bad. And um, there's a whole there's a whole series about killer nurses, and I don't know if you've ever seen any of the I episodes. Haven't. And I will be doing more of these because it's horrible. You're in the place that you trust the most. Yeah, absolutely. Right? You you feel the safest. You're being taken care of. You're hooked up to monitors. If something goes wrong, they'll come and help you. And you think you... Except the person here that's supposed to help you is actually counter-programming and hurting that's you. What I, that's what I mean. It's horrible. Charity, good episode. All right, guys. We will see you on the next one. Bye, guys. See ya. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.